0: This is a Federal News Network podcast.
1: The American Federation of Government Employees has no end of complaints about the Veterans Affairs Department. Its contract bargaining has foundered. VA even charges it for office space while slashing official time. Now the union has obtained documents that says prove systemic racism at VA. They show white employees are twice as likely to be promoted as black employees. Here with more, the president of AFGE Local 2338, in Poplar Bluff, Missouri, Kevin Ellis. Mr. Ellis, good to have you on.
0: Thank you very much. Excited to be here.
1: Well, first of all, tell us how you got these employment and promotion documents in the first place.
0: Uh, We do four-year requests and we audit the position after the selections are made. And we have found overwhelmingly that African-American employees are not being selected. And what we found to be interesting about this, sir, is that some of us have trained the people that they've selected above us and around us. The documents show a consistent pattern of discrimination against African-Americans applying for jobs within the VA.
1: Now, do these documents cover all of VA or just Poplar bluff or what's the scope here?
0: Some of the documents we have cover all of VA, and some of them just cover Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We were mostly concerned with the ones that cover Poplar Bluff, Missouri, because that impacts the African-Americans that worked here on a local level versus a national scale. The documents that we've seen, they speak the same truth from one VA to the next VA.
1: And before we get into the details of what you found, just tell us about Poplar Bluff. This is a full-fledged VA medical center. Tell us about the center.
0: It is a full-fledged VA medical center. We're located in rural America. We have about 790 employees total. And we have been applying to get into leadership positions for the past 17 years. And it has been a systemic overarching issue. We have only been able to get one African-American into the engineering section in the past 30 years. And there's only been one at a time that have only gotten into a job there through an EEO complaint. They were more than qualified. They were the best qualified, but supervisors would go behind the interview panels and change the scores and move the African-American employees lower to move Caucasian employees higher and select them. It has just been mind-blowing.
1: That's pretty amazing. Now, when you mentioned there are about 800 employees, is that just the black employees or is that the entire employee
0: population? That's the entire employee population. What? And out of those, we have none that are above the GS 7th grade, unless they are a social worker or a pharmacist that may come in at a GS 11 or twelve grade. Other than that, I am the highest graded African-American employee at the facility besides the pharmacist and a social worker. I am the highest.
1: And how long have you been there and what do you do?
0: I've been at this hospital for 17 and a half years. And I started off as a housekeeper. I moved to be a secretary for the nurse exec. And then from there, I went into voluntary services. And voluntary services is where I really began to see and witness me not being, in their words, uh, qualified to be a higher-graded employee. That is a position in which I have trained other individuals to work in that department. But yet, when it came time for promotion, I'm not good enough.
1: And from the f- documents that you got from FOIA, give us some sense of What the numbers are, say, out of 10 employees, say 10 white employees who apply for promotion and 10 black employees who apply for promotion, what is likely to happen?
0: Out of 10 employees that applied, if you had an even number, five African-Americans, five Caucasian, five Latino, the African-American and Latino employees would not be selected, period. We would not be selected. Even though we would have the most qualified scores, we would not be selected. And the way they got around that selection is they made their questions open-ended with no matrix, no way to grade the answers that the employees would give. So if I ask you, for example, what is your greatest feat in life? And I tell you, I ran into a burning building and saved someone. The panel members would say, that's not important. That's not good. They give us a score of one. But if someone said, you know what, two weeks ago, I was driving down the highway and stopped and helped a lady cross the street. They would give that employee a 10. That is how you take a most qualified employee and degrade them by not having a matrix in which you can grade it by. It's your own perception of whatever you want the reality to be. And that's how they get around and through the system.
1: We're speaking with Kevin Ellis. He's president of AFGE Local 2338 of the American Federation of Government Employees, representing employees of Veterans Affairs in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. And have you confronted management with these findings? They must have known what they were giving you when they handed them over. And what have they told you?
0: We did confront them, and they kept telling us, no, it's not what you think it is. That's not accurate. But we know that was the case. I had two African-American human resources specialists here. One of them said, if I didn't work here, I would spill the beans on the racism. He says, but I've got a family, and I can't do that. And another one said to me, Kevin, I see it every day. I've spoken up against it. But if I say anything else, I may be in trouble. Therefore, I'm not going to get involved. Those were the comments from two African-American human resources uh, employees here that saw the discrimination happening, but felt powerless or afraid to do anything about it.
1: And getting back to the staff, and you mentioned that there's nobody who is above low-level GS type of level that's African-American. There's no doctors. There's no nursing supervisors. There's no managers at all that are black there.
0: We have one manager that's a GS-12 that moved here from Texas four or five months ago. She is the only one. And had they not selected her, and she was a retired veteran, 20 years in the U.S. Army, and she's my current supervisor. And since she's been there, she's felt some backlash. And we believe it's because of her race that she's facing backlash and just trying to perform her job. Uh, We speak on a regular basis. But we have one, and she was only a supervisor because she came here from another facility, already a supervisor.
1: Well, what's your next step now? I mean, a lawsuit, or how are you going to deal with this?
0: We are currently in consultation with an attorney now about doing a class-action lawsuit, doing one here locally. Now, uh, nationally, we may want to do another one as a larger group but we need to deal with this here at this facility that I'm working at. Because not only is it discrimination from the perspective of an african American, but I got hit with a double whammy. Me being a union president, every one of my representatives that have applied for jobs that have been the most qualified were not selected. Or we've been terminated. We've had two safety officers that have been terminated for raising safety issues that were validated. So I faced a double whammy, not only being Black, but also being the union president. And those connected to me felt the same wrath, to include my sister, who's disabled, and my cousin.
1: So basically, they hire black people to be employees, but whatever level you enter at, that's pretty much where you stay, in your case, 17 years.
0: Oh, we've got plenty of African-American cooks. We've got plenty of African-American housekeepers. We've got plenty of African-American clerks. But that's your limit. You have hit your ceiling. When you come in and your ceiling is no higher than a GS-6 or a GS-7, that's it. That's it. I mean, we can clean the floors. We can clean the toilets. We can cook the food. But, oh, we can't be in leadership. No, we're not smart enough.
1: And are you working with other locals maybe to have them do FOIA requests to see how this might play out VA-wide?
0: Yes, I am working with some other locals as well. Recently, I was just re-elected as our district vice president of Council 226, and we are going to dive into this extremely heavy because we know it is a systemic problem that not only affects Poplar Bluff, but it's the same way in New York, Georgia, Texas, California, Kansas, it is a major major problem.
1: Yeah, I guess if what happens in rural Missouri also happens in Washington State or Northern California, then you really do have a pretty deep systemic problem, I would think.
0: Yes, yes, we do. Yes, we do.
1: Kevin Ellis is president of AFGE Local 2338, representing employees of the Veterans Affairs Department in Popular Bluff, Missouri. Thanks so much for joining me.
0: You are welcome. Thank you very much for your time as well.
1: We'll post this interview along with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash federal drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand and on your device